Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. You've reached the Yahoo Fantasy Football Podcast. It's Liz. And Matt. Today we're going to talk about three running backs that killed fantasy owners. The Jets and Giants. Was it really the trash bowl? Oh my gosh, O.J. Howard did something. I feel attacked. Uh, is it Rashard Higgins' time in Cleveland? Hollywood! Hey, Ryan Tannehill might be your new MVP. Okay, gross, but also not as gross as uh, Detroit and Chicago. Uh, Rams at Pittsburgh, even grosser. <laughs> Liz, it's Kalen Balazs time, the segment that America deserved all along. Also, Matt doesn't know what snow looks like. So go ahead and listen. Bye. Hello and welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Podcast. It is week 10. I am Liz Loza. Matt Harmon is here. Ragu Matavalan and other producer Brett Raider also here. Man, they needed two producers to wrangle us, Matt, on a Sunday. I mean, can you blame them? Oh, well, one of us, one of us has been a little bit, has, has, has had some um, preferences. Yeah, Liz, I wouldn't be too hard on yourself. It's, it's oh, okay. No, it's just, it's uh, it's, no. it's it's in the middle of the season. Well, way past the middle of the season at this point, and you know it's it's, it's been, way past. It's like two weeks. Yeah, Matt. it's been a long, been a long journey. You know, so I wouldn't put too much pressure on yourself for that. Girl, you don't even know what you started. <laughs> there are three running backs that were like trash in week ten, and it's a little tilting. I mean, my friend James Roday is all up in my business. Are you guys still friends? I mean, look at me. We're not going to not be friends. He did text me, however. Now, this, in all caps, performance against a one-win Falcon squad. This is the Alvin Kamara we have been waiting for. Matt ain't good. Nope, it was not good. Uh, The Saints took a surprising L, courtesy of the Atlanta Falcons, who I think if we want to jump right into that game. I I mean, why should we be hesitant? Why should we? You have to wonder if uh, Dan Quinn giving up defensive play-calling duties Actually, you know, maybe get a little bit off your plate, my friend, and things can go well. But I feel like I, there's another head coach that should try that, but we'll get to that we'll team later. We'll get to that, certainly. Um, but it was a surprising performance, especially considering the Saints coming off a bye week. Breeze is healthy now. At Jared home. Cook is healthy. Kamara is healthy. This is, yeah, you're at home. This is the, all the horses are in the stable now. What are we doing here? Or out well, of the stable. Hard to say. Alvin Kamara was second in team targets, tied with the now healthy Jared Cook, who caught six balls for 74 yards i mean cool 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 my man that ted ginn pick of mine not not so hot how many yards did he have zero. Oh, he put up a zero spot. zero oh. yards oh, you hate through you the know. passing game but he you know rushed once for five yards so they're a little something oh so not a total zero no spot. What but a- we should talk about actually also the atlanta backfield because devonta freeman exited this contest with a foot injury we don't know the extent of it but brian hill came in in relief of Freeman because Ito Smith is on IR. So that's obviously a hot pickup. Brian Hill is a guy that kind of popped in the preseason. I thought he looked better than Ito Smith in the preseason. I thought there might be a chance that... Hot take. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I thought there might be a chance that, okay, maybe this could become the number two back and that never materialized. The coaching staff never moved off Ito Smith as the number two back. Murray even spent a pick in a deep league on Brian Hill. Obviously, has long since been uh, exited from the roster. But it's worth noting that, you know, he's explosive, looked pretty good, especially in the passing game, considering that Freeman has just been, you know, a total zero all year. And as you said on one of our halftime segments, I have been driving the Freeman, you know, patience, patience train 
And I think I finally drove it into a brick wall because there's just, this guy just doesn't look good anymore. Like, that's the bottom line is that you can make excuses about the offensive line. You can make excuses about the fact that they're never in the running game script that he would need. But at the end of the day, this guy looks like a shell of himself. And it, it getting some fresh legs in there might not be the worst thing in the world. Next week, the Saints will travel to Tampa Bay. Obviously, the Bucks have quite a good run defense, the way to beat them via the air. A lot of people were tilted about David Johnson putting up negative fantasy points. He only had two rushing yards against these Bucks. So what to you? I mean, is there a bounce back space for Alvin Kamara? Because we know he does have um, his his floor is so high because of his usage in the passing game. Well, I guess you have to ask yourself, is this just like, a you know, stuff happens type of game for the Saints? Because if it's I mean, they have the, I think they have the, one of the best rosters in the NFL, right? From a defense to offensive line perspective, to the skill position players perspective, obviously if, if Breeze is at the top of his game, nobody's better. So I would preach patience on all of these Saints. And even in a tough matchup against a good run defense, I think you're still saying that Kamara could at least get going in the passing game. I think they have to at some point establish him. It, it is, you just would like to see it against a better spot than a really good run defense in Tampa Bay. We just don't like to see him on the road either. I think what happened, I mean, I talked about this on FFL this team was pretty cocky coming off of the win against Arizona into a bye. I think there's a little bit of a trap game situation. Cam Jordan yeah. himself said that like he had this game circled for rivalry reasons, but then he was like, eh, it doesn't really matter because it's against the Falcons. So I-, I think maybe they were a little bit stunned and the Falcons were in a must-win situation, so they played up. Yeah, I think that's I think that's actually a pretty good read on it. Trap game, it, it has all of the uh, ingredients for that in there. Once a great rivalry... No longer. Last uh, last thing on the Saints backfield, if we're going to give a percentage split, are you assuming 60-40, uh, something in that range? I still say 70-30. 70-30? When things are going well, I think it will be 70-30 in favor of Kamara. I was going to say 65-35. Well, then I guess we're just we're pretty close. Difference. David Johnson, though, this is another backfield that he is sharing with Kenyon Drake. As I said, he only had five rushing attempts. Kenyon Drake had 10. You have mentioned all season long that David Johnson just doesn't look like the same player since he was injured back in 2017. As a receiver, sure, he gets a lot of run, but that's not as helpful when we are working in a, quote, spread offense and the wealth is spread around. Um you know, you've also mentioned that this uh, that Cliff Kingsbury has done a very creative job with this rushing attack. And so it's frustrating to see players like Chase Edmonds or Kenyon Drake who don't have the full-time pedigree that Johnson has had in previous seasons go off. And meanwhile, Johnson is, is struggling. Yeah. Coming into this week, they had run out of four wide receiver sets 56 times. We knew that was going to happen. This season. The second-place team, Washington, had done it ten times. That's a huge gap. Yeah, and you it just but makes a lot of no. That. We're not surprised, but it's it, a confirmation. It makes a ton of sense because just you know you want to get these defenders out of the box, and the best way to do that is by spreading the field with mm-hmm. all these wide receivers. You got to make a decision there. So Johnson's been running into a lot of light boxes, and even still, then he's not been necessarily a very efficient runner on like a yards per carry basis on his own. The team has been efficient from like a success rate perspective with their rushing plays, but so still a lot to be desired there. Um, I think it behooves the Cardinals to continue to split this backfield up. But to this degree, I mean, David Johnson had one target. Meanwhile, Kenyon Drake had seven looks. That's third in team targets. And this was a, a game in which C- Christian Kirk, we we expected him to smash in this matchup now that he's also finally healthy. But I, I'm surprised that Drake got that much run in the passing game. That's that's a, that's more than tilting. That might be a little jilting. Yeah, no, that's the thing that Johnson will need to, to you know, kind of keep from his, torpedoing yeah. his value. So I agree with you. It's it, Look, if you're a Johnson owner, I think you're just kind of – you can't be naive – at this point, like you probably can't project him for more than 10 to 13 touches Perfect. on a weekly basis. And <clears throat> then you're just counting on big plays and touchdowns. And that's pretty thin, especially. I mean, we also have to, we do have to say, like, you're right. The Bucks are a great run defense. They invite teams to pass on them. And Murray stood up to the test. Like, mm-hmm. and he, I, I think he played really well, other than one backbreaking kind of interception with the, on a poor decision late in the game. On balance, he played really well in this contest. The Cardinals have, they are at San Francisco. We saw what Drake was able to do to them 
not this past week, but the week before, right? That's yeah. uh, week nine. So it'll be interesting to see if there are notes from the 49er side of things and adjustments. Um, Saquon Barkley was the third running back we discussed facing the Jets. I mean, and again, this was a contest without Evan Ingram, without Sterling Shepard. So you would expect that he'd, again, see a lot of looks in the passing game. He did catch all five of his targets for 30 mm-hmm. yards, but that's certainly not what you would want to see out of a guy who was, you know, producing 90 receiving yards in some occasions in 2018. Yeah, I mean, 13 carries for one yard. Give me a break. Boo. That's not good. Boo. <laughs> Against the Jets. Against the Jets. Well, the Jets, they're another team that are they're better up front than they are right. in the back end. Um, especially personnel-wise, but this should be again running behind an offensive line that has over that has gone beyond expectations, right? I, I think everyone looks at the Giants and they're like, "Wow, we didn't expect that O line. They're not studs, but we didn't expect no. them to have been that good." Um, and I also feel like Saquon Berkeley should be a little bit matchup proof. Yeah, I hear you. Um, but at the same he time, I mean, thirteen yards for thirteen rushes for one yard, kind of bad. I get it, but like, Paul just, Perkins. Just look at yeah, oh geez, Paul Perkins catching a stray in a big spot. Um, but just look at the look at just look at the numbers. Like thirteen for one. That's what's going on on the ground. You're gonna throw like you're gonna throw the ball more and not even really have Barkley get a chance to get into rhythm. So now you're looking at Daniel Jones with forty attempts. 308 yards and four touchdowns. Like, that's probably his best game of the season. He, he did still lose a fumble because he's got to have one turnover per game. But, I mean, you're just looking at now a spot where you're, 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 you're going through the air more than you're relying on your great running back. And when he was going through the air, Matt, which one of these Giants receivers was his most look-to option? I mean, Odell Beckham would kill. <laughs> oh! Kill for a stat line like Darius Slayton. He's kicking all the nets right now. I mean, 10 catches, 121, 2 on 14 targets. Liz, don't trip over all the wires in this room as you take your victory lap. I I mean, Zach Pascal didn't do anything, so... You know, you got to take the good with the bad. No, only ever take the good. (laughs) Darius Slayton is the only deep. We've said the entire summer that this is a small ball offense. And Darius Darius Slayton, frankly, similarly to the Jets, one of these things is not like the other. Slayton is not like the rest of the squad. That shows up big when matchups are uh, inviting. And this one certainly is and was. Next week, the Giants are on by. So I'm not going to rush necessarily to stash Slayton. Do you think there's also a little bit because I think these two guys, Slayton and um, Daniel Jones, there was one time many, many chemistry. That's what I'm saying. They like there were many, many weeks ago um, when you called like, oh, Slayton, you know, the Lions could be a guy. Yeah. And and then he scored a touchdown. I was like, that was a good. Yeah. But one of the ones I remember him scoring, I was like, that's that was, you know, you said I was like, well, that's the matchup. And I was like, no, but that's like a legit good play. And the ball's in the right spot where it needs to be from Daniel Jones, and I think this could be like a backup-to-backup sort of connection because Slayton was certainly not a guy that they expected to be playing starter snaps at this point. Obviously, Daniel Jones didn't take any reps with Mm -hmm. the ones. That was all Eli Manning, God rest his soul. Uh, That was his gig, you know, throughout the entire offseason. So I think there's a little bit of, like, staying power here beyond just like, yeah, hammer Slayton against the Giants or the, the, the Lions, hammer him against the Jets, whatever. Like, I think this is a guy you're probably considering every week at this point. I, I think he's still matchup dependent because of the offense, but and no because doubt. of the holes and no Evan Ingram and no and no Sterling Shepard. Uh, I am interested to hear your thoughts on your boy Demarius Thomas, who you know Jamison Crowder found the end zone, but they had similar stat lines here. Whomst led the team in targets, receiving yards, and catches. The veteran presence of Demarius Thomas. I mean, Robbie Anderson's the guy that's like total dust in this offense. One catch for 11 yards. And oh, by the way, I think he got hurt too. So do you I have, I have a sneaky suspicion? Do you remember the the Patriots game that the Jets had where they got absolutely trounced and like it didn't really look like Anderson was trying or he was kind of like giving up on some routes and he just wasn't like I went back and watched that game and he was, didn't seem to be efforting. And no one wants to say that because like, Ugh. and then the trade rumors happen. And yeah. you feel like Adam Gase is giving him a little bit of the like. I'm the disciplinarian dad. I think that can be it. I also just think the way that Anderson plays is just not in line, line with, right, consistent with what, production. Well, with consistent production or what this offense does well right now, they don't. They still don't protect the quarterback well. We know that's going to take mm. time for his routes to develop and everything like that. And for that reason, Thomas has become a pretty good possession, possession receiver, receiver to to 
in the latter half of his career. And obviously we know Crowder is the bunny hop player of this offense. And we know we saw it in Miami with Jarvis Landry. Adam Gase loves to funnel these targets through the slot. And what we talked about on one of our halftime shows was that Levy, I mean, I think that's hurting Le'Veon yeah, Bell's no production. Question. And that is such a bummer because, again, when you, oh, God, the trade rumors, I think, have really put, really cast um, a gross kind of macabre feel over this whole organization. Because we shouldn't know yeah. that you don't want your running back. And our your, your stud running back that was this giant offseason acquisition should not also know that we all know he ain't it to yeah. you. I just don't right? even, like that's like, the that's the dude you settled for. Like yeah. that I don't want to know when I'm out in the world and I see like a girl and a guy together. I don't want to know. Like when one of my girlfriends is I know that one of my girlfriends is like the girl that he settled for. Yeah. That's uncomfortable and the whole world knows it. Yeah, no, I get it. And also like the loss to the Dolphins I think really brought things into perspective for the Jets. Like let's not forget that Adam Gase is the guy the Jets settled for. He couldn't even play up for a revenge game. Yeah, like, they wanted Matt Rule to be their head coach. And then they told him, we have to make your staff. Like, we need you to, like, have Greg frickin' Williams as your defensive coordinator. And Matt Rule's like, no thanks. I will go do something else. I will go back to my job in college football at the University of Baylor. And then they, then they take a chance on Adam Gase. And now here we are. And, like, I don't even give a damn that they won this game. The future of the my uh, the I was gonna say the Miami Jets. The future of the New York Jets cannot be with Adam Gase and everything that's going on here. So I think the Jets are merely playing out the string, and we're just deciding like a player like Le'Veon Bell. I don't think he looks good this year either. I mean, well, I think he has he's made people miss. He's broken some tackles, especially early in the year during like the Luke Falk slog. Mm-hmm. I thought he broke tackles and stuff like that, but he looks like he doesn't really have that juice anymore. I mean, he had a long run of four yards today. But we also talked about how patience and vision is the crown of his skill set, and the O-line that he had in Pittsburgh allowed him to excel in those areas, whereas he's not going to get that this year. He is currently the uh, RB9 for Week 10, so 68 yards and that touchdown certainly saved his fantasy day. Yeah. But uh, I can't imagine you're feeling comfortable seeing 18 for 34 on the rushing box score against the Giants. Um, let's go back to the And we're kind of going all over the place. But I know that you had kind of a hot take about Kyler Murray. Oh, I mean, I just think he's looked so much better the last few weeks. I think Cliff and Kyler are starting to figure out the NFL. I think they're starting to adjust pretty well too like i talked about all those four wide receiver sets they were running to start the year they're not really running those as much now especially through the passing game because they don't have the personnel to do it and that's that's the thing that's really gets me about watching kyler murray like i think he makes some unbelievable throws i mean some of those throws to christian kirk the 69 yard touchdown was really an impressive throw um even last week like i had some chuckleheads say like well the stat line was all based on that 88-yard touchdown to Andy Isabella. Number one, watch the games. Football's a fun game. You should you should try to watch it sometime and actually enjoy it. Here we uh, go. Enjoy it. Also, uh, that 88-yard touchdown was an awesome throw outside the numbers that not a lot of quarterbacks have the arm to do. I mean, I think Kyler Murray's just like an incredibly talented player, and I can't wait till they actually have some personnel stocked in this offense. Like They don't have any difference makers really outside of – Christian Kirk, who's been hurt most of this year. Well, they tried to get him. I mean, Andy Isabella was supposed to maybe be that. Yeah, and he's barely played. He had 78 yards right. in, this, in this spot, and I think that's a situation worth monitoring. Do, do we see more looks out of him? Hakeem Butler, they took in the fourth round. Like, Remember that? That was a thing. They tried to they tried to rebirth Kevin White. Oh, that was rough. Yeah, I was just remembering that. Um, also, I think people are used to whatever narrative gets set in the first four to six weeks of the season oh, is yeah. the one that is yep. locked, right? Your take lock. And or we the talked last about four this. weeks. Or, it's, sure. It's like the, the last first... four weeks for the next year, the first four weeks for the stretch run. Yeah. People just remember how you start and how you finish. Like mm-hmm. whatever <laughs> weeks. The like, meat of the sandwich is what matters though. Weeks like five to 11 or five to 12. 12. Who cares? Like. So I, I do think though, Kyler's um, and we again, we talked about, I don't want to be reiterating, but just in case you didn't hear it on our halftime show, uh, Kyler's, First four weeks of the season were via, were opposite of defenses that wanted to play and could play keep away. And so they did. And now he's finding a groove. And also um, the matchups are more gettable. Yeah. 
I mean, I just want to see how they finish out the season. Obviously, like I just think Arizona going from the stone worst team in the league, like one of the worst offenses we've seen in the modern era to being average and competitive. And like the, this was a matchup that Kyler Murray should have obviously smashed. And he goes out and he throws for 324 yards, three touchdowns, and then runs for 38 yards. I mean, that's, that's passing the test. Well, he's got, he's traveling to, um, as we said, San Francisco. We've already seen what he could do against them. Yeah, that's probably going to be a little bit tougher in San Francisco, not on a short week, but we'll see what happens based on Monday night. uh, How many of your teams did you start O.J. Howard in? Two. You feeling pretty good? One, I had to start him in a freaking flex spot because that's how tough, because I had to start your boy Jared Cook at tight end because that's how tough tough things are going. I don't know. I don't know if it it might have been the the damn podcast listener league that I that I did that in. Mm. Um, shout out to that team that somehow has great players like Dalvin Cook and Chris Godwin and like no wins. Are you going to start him next week? Uh, who who they play he the had Saints? seven targets, which was his highest target total of the year. So are you just taking you just eating the dub and moving on, or are you <sighs> continue to play this game? Because I don't know if you are aware of this, but um, he's a he's a you know has a pretty nice spark score. He's an eighty eighth percentile oh spark. Yeah, athlete, I know. It's, right? it's a, I don't it's, know if that's something about he's it's, really it's athletic. Scraped on my, the walls in my home. I'm aware. Here's the problem, and I'm tilted about this. Clearly, who am I playing over him? I mean, you're streaming, maybe. I, maybe you try to I flip streaming? OJ Howard right now. I don't know what trade deadlines are. I, I oh, please. People. No one's trading for OJ Howard. No one hates themselves that much. If you're if you have OJ Howard on your roster, it's because you've hated yourself for months now. Hello. Um what am I gonna do? Play Jacob Hollister over him? I'm probably so I don't is, know. He's playing this, opposite Jared this, Cook against New Orleans. This, this so Jared my, Cook is a, in a, like that's a that's a smash spot for him. This is my problem. Is why, you know, people are like, you're still, you, I think you've been saying to me all season, you're still playing OJ Howard. I'm like, yeah, I'm not out there peach picking these dust balls off the waiver wire. bobbing for apples now because we're in the fall, but cool. I'm sorry. I haven't been keeping up. But the point is, probably, am I going to like it? Almost certainly not. Just wanting, just want, I, I dropped him. So wanting to, uh, I assume that'll be a question that we'll end up getting. Let's talk about uh, Cleveland and Buffalo. Neither of these teams are any good. Bills are fine, but they have too many. They have a lot of roster holes. I mean, I don't know. That's it. That's my Bills you, take. Fine. Cleveland's in evaluation mode, Liz. They're not in tank mode, but they're in evaluation no, they're mode. Not. Yes, they are. They have. They have to. They're. They're. They're not they're 20, allowed to be in. Their evaluation 2019 mode, season is over. They're not going. There's anywhere. a difference between the the Dolphins understanding that and looking through that lens, I don't think the Cle- I don't think Freddie Kitchens can allow himself mentally to look through that lens. I mean, I, th- I think I get your point, but I, I'm just saying like nothing that the Browns do right now is like, like we're going to talk Rashard Higgins, like cool. He's not, he's not going to save their season. You just need to start building some positive momentum going into next year. Cause you're not going to the playoffs. You're not going anywhere. Sure, you can you can have you can do what you did in 2018, which is you can win some games, you can get your coaching staff feeling better going into the next year, and you can maybe evaluate players on your roster to make some decisions. Like, are we going to bring this guy back at this cap number? Is the offensive line still? Spoiler: alert, Yes, but is the offensive line still the clearest weakness on our offense? Yeah, how do we fix Baker Mayfield? How do we make him more comfortable? These are things that they're evaluating going into next year that they are that like none of it is going to save their season. So to the point that like Rashard Higgins though where where this comes back for fantasy and for Higgins Hive <laughs> is that like this is a guy that Baker Mayfield showed a lot of comfort with last year. It's a player that the offensive coordinator Todd Monken That's even the said point I wanted to make. this year this week that Baker's is a guy. He's a guy that Baker's comfortable with. Todd like, Monken want to get it, him involved, but Todd Monken's not the guy holding the clipboard right yeah, now. At it least. behooves them to get Higgins on the field, but it's been weird that it took this long. So these are the sort of things that, like, okay, let's build some. Let's use this to build some momentum. The Browns are not saving their season, but these are things that I think as they look to make, like, what their goal is to finish twenty nineteen is okay. We need to get Baker Mayfield better 
Like we can't calm have this problem. Like yeah, we yeah. have to calm him down. And I think Higgins can be a part of that. Part of the calm. Well, he's also he's a technician. He's not particularly flashy, but when no. you have a team so full of flash, like you need the den mother to sort of settle everyone. Um, and he's only owned in one percent of leagues. He's versus Pittsburgh next week, versus Miami in week twelve, at Pittsburgh week thirteen, versus Cincinnati in week fourteen, then at Arizona finishes off with week 16 from a fantasy perspective uh, against Baltimore. So that's tough. But I think this is someone whose role could grow, especially with Callaway. I think that experiment finally being over. God, let's hope so. (laughs) What about the backfield, though, Matt? Because Kareem Hunt, there was a lot of people talking about how Kareem Hunt was going to come in here and it was going to be a 50-50 timeshare. And I I said it on the podcast. I just didn't believe it. I just also thought that, like, Here's a brand new rookie head coach with all these new pieces who have expectations and egos, and you're just going to mid-season. The whole, your whole problem has been like, these dudes don't know each other, right? Yeah. Heading into the season, everyone's like, well, are, is everything going to gel? Chemistry, we, is, all right? that sort of stuff. And it hasn't. And nope. <laughs> and now you're going to add another guy. Sure, he's been around, he's been in the building, but he hasn't been on the field. And yeah, there's familiarity, but... Are you really going to, like, throw him in and make him a super featured part of this offense? Because that's repeating the same mistake. So is it possible? Certainly, because, you know, right? This has not been a coaching staff that's learned from its own mistakes. But they didn't. Nick Chubb did have 20 carries. And I think, if anything, Kareem Hunt's Mm -hmm. um, addition to this offense isn't going to affect Chubb's rushing attempts necessarily, but might eat into his usage via in the passing game. Yeah, I mean, Nick Chubb catches two passes today. Like, that was well within the range of outcomes even yeah. before Kareem Hunt. But it's also worth noting that they, they threw the ball a lot-ish, 38 attempts uh, as they were trying to get back into this game. Like you said, I thought they could have screwed it up a lot more than they did. Mm-hmm. I mean, getting him involved in the passing game, and even on the ground, he averaged 7.5 yards per carry. There was one big flub uh, that was really an incomplete pass for Baker Mayfield, one of those little pop Pitches. ones that then flipped through Kareem Hunt's hand. So negative play there. But overall, I mean, I thought that it was like, okay, this this team does – it needs to make their quarterback comfortable, and it also just needs to add playmakers too. And I thought Hunt's addition ended up being more positive than not. I mean, look – Baker Mayfield has had a terrible season from like every metric you want to look at, but today looks pretty clean. 102.7 pass rating, low yards per attempt, 6.3, two touchdowns, no turnovers. Like that's, and I think having Hunt as an ancillary pass catcher, that helps a lot too. But I, I, so I think the Browns are at kind of a crossroads where they have to, through the rest of this year at least, decide whether they're ready to pivot from the team they were to to own the fact that they did not level up to the team that everyone thought they could be and instead to save face are going to have to eat a little bit of humble pie and pummel pie and turn into something else and that means a more basic run heavy yeah dink and dump sort of offense makes sense I don't know if the Browns are going to be willing to answer that question. Like, that's That's a big philosophical question that they, and and if I am a Browns fan, I am thinking, I'm pretty proud of them for attempt, for for attempting a tweak, for not continuing to just, I mean, yes, I know they, you know, OBJ had 12 targets here and they're trying to force feed him and they want to keep him happy. But I think that's less about field production, frankly, and more about locker room tranquility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, I mean, they did run like 15 plays at the goal line and flubbed on all of them. And that's fine. If you know that you have a Higgins who can run a bunch of routes and be excellent out there and not flashy and save you. And that if you have Kareem Hunt working in on third downs and working in as a passing option, you've got Nick Chubb carrying the load. Like you can experiment with keeping OBJ happy and still move the chains enough to not put you in such a dire hole. That makes sense to me. Well, thank you. I'm so glad that one felt, that one felt big. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know what else felt big? I what? mean, if you're Ryan Tannehill, you are. Forget Antonio Brown, Mr. Big Chest. Ryan Tannehill's Mr. Big Chest I right now. Yeah. Dang, he leaves He leaves Miami and knocks off the Chiefs at home in Patrick Mahomes' return. I love, too, like, Ryan Tannehill has – the Titans feel like they get a reputation as, like, one of the worst teams in the NFL, and they're not. They've just been one of the most boring teams under Marcus Mariota, and, like – Ryan Tannehill's insertion into this offense has reminded us, and like he, look, 
Ryan Tannehill, you're 100% right when you say, like, he is who he is. Like, you can beat your chest, Ryan Tannehill, all you want. Like, as long as the Titans don't somehow make the mistake of thinking he's their future franchise quarterback. But he's come in and actually made this team interesting. 9.5 yards per attempt today. He gets the Still ball downfield. under down 200 field. passing yards. To under 200 passing yards. But, like... He is at least bringing some life to this offense. I mean, he scrambles around. Like, how many times have we complained through the years that Marcus Mariota doesn't use his legs They didn't enough? unleash him, right? 37 yards. I mean, I think it's a Mariota thing, too. But anyways, beyond, beyond that point, like, he's just reminded us that there's a lot to like in Tennessee. And number one, it's the defense that when they're rushing the passer well, they can get after people. And I, Mahomes obviously put up a good stat line in this game, but at the end of the day, they they did enough to to get the win. And the big thing to me was, is Derrick Henry. Like, Derrick Henry's awesome. I can't believe there's still clowns out there who say he's not good at football. And I tell you, every time you tweet about him, they'll find you. But heads up, losers. This guy is a great player. And when, like, the defense is hunting people, the quarterback position is stable, and the script is right for Henry, and he can go 20... Uh, three carries for 188 yards and two touchdowns. Guy's on pace for 1,300 rushing or double-digit touchdowns. People say he's not good. Give me a break. Guy's the en- guy is the engine of the offense when the script is right. Sure. And I think from a fantasy perspective, right, Corey Davis was not in this one, so that didn't seem to matter. Everyone thought that A.J. Brown, also, you know, Delaney Walker's been banged up for weeks. Everyone thought that A.J. Brown might have a raised profile, but that didn't, in fact, happen. So I think you're entirely right in that, Tannehill's not bad. He's doing something. He's making the offense more exciting. Yeah. But he's doing that by spreading it around. There is a lot, to quote you, that is interesting in the Titans' office. It's just not the same stuff. So you don't have those narrow passing trees. Um, So your options from a fantasy perspective are super limited outside of Derrick Henry. And now in a QB2 lead, in a QB2 league, you got Ryan Tannehill as an option. I mean, even as a streamer, like, you had a solid day today. And certainly not what you would have loved out of like a Daniel Jones or something like that, but a solid day. Heading into this game, LaShawn McCoy was a healthy scratch. You had a funny tweet about dog houses. <laughs> yeah, I did have a funny meme tweet about the the bug the Bugs Bunny gif. You got it. Look, I'm back to describing memes again. I was just gonna have you do the quote. You win. LaShawn McCoy welcoming Damian Williams to the fumble induced doghouse, and then uh, Bugs Bunny slides over on the toilet and pats it down. He's the Bugs Bunny. He's a Big creep in a I like rabbit. the Elmo toilet gift much more. Which one is that? The one where Elmo's like... Oh, getting paid to poop? Yeah. Well, that one didn't really apply in this situation. Sure. Uh, but also, there's been some conflicting reports about this LaShawn McCoy healthy scratch thing. Because um, we saw today, I, I yapped at you about it this morning, that ESPN NFL Nation reporter Adam Teicher said that this was three a three-pronged situation. With Sean McCoy's fumbling issues... Damian Williams being back in action and healthier and healthier and Dar- they want to get a look at Darwin Thompson. Mm-hmm. Well, and then touched uh, the ball James- twice, just for the record, he sick. touched the ball twice. James Palmer from the NFL network said that it was more of a, they wanted to give LaShawn McCoy a bit of a veterans rest sort of situation. Andy Reed also sort of intimated that too. He said, he's got a lot of tread on his tires. We can only give him so much. And so is this going to be like a one week blip where McCoy is resting? And then next week they're going to be, he's going to be buy right the back. Rest situation. I don't either. Do Something, not buy the rest yeah. situation. Damian Williams did carry the ball 19 times, 77 yards, and then he also caught all five of his looks for 32 yards. That's pretty impressive given the matchup. Yeah, keep in mind, though, he did lose those fumbles. Well, I mean... One of which one of which led to seven points for the Titans. I Every time I think about that, I know that LaShawn McCoy has gotten benched in favor of Damian Williams over the past few weeks throughout the season, right, for assumedly the yeah. fumbling issue. And I just always remember Kareem Hump on, like, the opening drive of his rookie year. Mm-hmm. And that didn't matter. Yeah. Um, Damian Williams, this was sort of the the role that you wanted if you drafted him in the first two rounds. So if LaShawn McCoy remains on the shelf, I think you have a very strong running back to end your fantasy season with, even if it wasn't a great, great result today. Detroit at Cincinnati. Um, Nope. Detroit at Chicago. It's like you just made it. You just made it the Jeff Driscoll revenge game that never <laughs> that never was. There was a typo in the dock, and as soon as it came out of my mouth, I knew it was wrong. Detroit at Chicago. Hey, you know what? Bears won a game. Sick. Real sick. I mean, in pun intended. <laughs> uh, I do think 
there are some interesting pieces here, right? It was a little bit of a slog, obviously, because Matt Stafford was out and Mitch Trubisky is Mitch Trubisky. I, I did have the before I found out that um, Driscoll was under center for Detroit. I like picked up the Lions as a stream everywhere just because like, why not make it like there's pleasure in the pain? You know what? Fine. Yeah, right. Let's it do won't this. hurt as bad. Right. Yeah, it won't hurt as bad if you benefit something from it. Man, Allen Robinson had 86 yards. Like, that's a win. That's a W, yeah. baby. If, you, if you're an Allen Robinson uh, manager, at least you didn't get that one for six spot dropped on you this week. Taylor Gabriel did score a touchdown. He was, of course, Matt Nagy, of course, he was second in team targets with six looks. This is He's kind of had some sneaky production on and off over the past two years, but I got a feeling about Taylor Gabriel next week against the against the Rams. Let us know why, because I like this reasoning. Well, you saw Deontay Johnson flash a little bit when he was matched up against Troy Hill. Now, obviously, Jalen Ramsey and Nikhil Roby Coleman, those are some pretty good cornerbacks, and people move around the field. Shadowing isn't really a thing all the time, um, but I think Taylor Gabriel, as a receiver who can stretch the field, who is a speedster, who can make some things happen after the catch could very well probably is only going to get like I don't know five targets in this game maybe he'll catch three of those balls but I fully see one being you know like a 17 yard pass that he takes for 15 or 20 more yards to the end zone when matched up against Troy Hill because that is the matchup that I have to imagine Nagy's going to want to expose yeah I like that I like that reasoning this is, I think, the fifth time you've given it, and I've liked it more and more every single time you've talked about it. I'm glad it's it. taken that long. Yeah, well, you know, sometimes you just got to wear chisel it. Away, wear it chisel you, away, chisel chisel you, away, chisel chisel you. Away. Um, yeah, no. What happened I, to David Montgomery, though? Uh, that's, this is what I said last week, even despite the two touchdowns. You were looking at a low, low floor here. He gets 17 for 60, blech, with zero in the passing game. Tariq Cohen. Four for twenty-three and a touchdown in the passing game. This is the, this is the problem, man. Is like you're relying on a not workhorse back on a Mitch Trubisky led offense. One more time, that's a Mitch Trubisky <laughs> led offense. Long it's, run of nine yards today for David Montgomery. It's also worth noting, however, that Mike Daniels' yes. defensive tackle for the Lions returned in this game. Now, he'd missed the last, I think, two or three contests. So, obviously, a boost to this run defense that had been struggling without him. Next week, the Lions will host the Dallas Cowboys. I'm not worried about <laughs> Zeke versus Mike Daniels, but it is just something to note when you're figuring out your roster. Also, I'm going to be at this game next week. I'm going to be podcasting by myself. Brett, Brett's going to be the secondary co-host here. Bears at Rams. I don't know. I don't. I don't know what I'm going to wear because I don't know which team I'm going to root for. That is a good point. Who are you going to be rooting for? Like, does either of these teams even grab you right now? I mean, we know the Bears are, blech, but the Rams. I mean, God, talk about a talk about a miserable quarterback situation. At least they're at home. At least they're at home. There should be some good tacos. I'm taking my boss. He's a Bears fan. I think I'm probably going to end up rooting for the Bears. That's nice. Out of some sort of obligation. Probably I'll wear like a Bears t-shirt with a Rams hoodie over Just it. Just in case. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's like, I used to say this was like, like the like my the father of my children and the side piece. But like, I don't even, I don't, I don't like any of them. Like, I mean, this is. You know, the father of your children is letting you down left and right with Mitch Trubisky. Just load over there. the dishwasher, right, babe? Right, and and, and the side piece is looks just fat. Like, like he got fat. Right, the yeah, side piece like, like cargo pants. And yeah, I was right? like, what like, happened wait, to you? We, what happened? Yeah, seriously, weren't you supposed to be the hot young thing? And like now you've got a damn uh, cell phone on a utility belt there. and a, and a fat tire. What am I gonna do? Who am I gonna who am I gonna love up? Who should be the team? I don't Miami know. Dolphins. Miami Dolphins. Well, we started there. Remember, we did start there. O'Shea, all right. Um, you want to talk about Cincinnati, Baltimore, just because nope. Mark Andrews did something? Well, Lamar Jackson's the best player in football to watch. Right is he now, better? Is he a better MVP candidate than Russell Wilson? Mm, ask me on Tuesday morning. Okay, fair. Because right now, I I wrote wrote a column this week. Oh wow! I can't wait to hear all about it again and again. Well, after tomorrow night, it'll be irrelevant, and uh, okay. I promise not to mention it again. Fantastic, but. MVP uh, race right now is Russell Wilson's to lose. Um, and I think he can stack like some signature moments here in the second half of the season, like 
by beating the 49ers on Monday Night Football right, on the road. Game, right. Yeah, give them their first loss for the entire nation to see. Um, however, I think after a performance like today, I get that it's against the Bengals, but shut up. Like, he was an unbelievable player in that game, both from a rushing and a passing perspective. Like, he threw that one pass under pressure, the touchdown to Hollywood Brown. It doesn't matter who, like, the the Bengals don't just suddenly like, oh, we're the Bengals. We can't actually sack him. The guy's under complete pressure, delivers a total dart. Like, same thing as he's running out and juking out people on that long touchdown run. Guy's the the best player to watch in football. With a performance like that, I think he's at number two now. Or I know Watson's on a bye, so that's the bummer. But I think the conversation remains Wilson, Jackson, Watson, the rest of it. You're just you're just wasting time to fill the content trough for people to Or trough. <laughs> trough. 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 Whatever. You know who Lamar Jackson will face next week? Whomst? Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans. Well, How about I, that? Look at that. that we'll rewrite the works. narrative again next week. We'll ask the question again. All right, so Mark Andrews decided to show up. If you're starting O.J. Howard and you are a Mark Andrews owner and you were mad about his two catches in back-to-back weeks, don't at me. Like, if people are starting O.J. Howard and they're feeling okay about it, you're starting Mark Andrews no and you just realize that sometimes— Stuff happens. No one's feeling okay about it. We're just doing it, you know, because we don't have any better choice. It is interesting to note that with the Ryan Finley change under center for Cincinnati, that Joe Mixon, like you would assume that Joe Mixon's volume wouldn't matter, right? Like, oh, he's not going to get many opportunities because this is a team that's going to be playing from behind, game script, blah, 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 bad offense. And yet he carried the ball 30 times, whether or not that had something to do. They got smoked. But from a fantasy perspective, (laughs) like this is it. Like the, the, uh, axiom about using about a green quarterback um, not being allowed to throw the ball around the yard as much and having to rely on the running back turned out here and Giovanni Bernard not for nothing got hurt in this one so I think there is a little bit of a silver lining for Joe Mixon owners here I I would agree with you which is you know that was that was needed we'll see we'll see if it carries on but Finley like it wasn't great could have been worse you've seen worse I mean, I saw Jared Goff play ball and get replaced by freaking uh, Blake Bortles. Until I mean, Blake Bortles on the... Oh! I can't. Man, I can't. All right. We're just going to move on. What game do you want to talk about next? I don't know. I don't know. Let's talk about Let's talk about the Rams game, I guess. Pittsburgh. Uh, you thought that, um, that the Steelers were going to get trounced by the Rams, and I fully supported that. Yeah. What I failed to account for is that I think my analysis on Mason Rudolph was right. That guy took sacks. He looked... Three uh, of them. He looked miserable. He got took a safety too. Uh, made some bad decisions under pressure, but <laughs> so did the quarterback on the other side of the field. So Jared on the road, man. Different. It's a different guy. I know. I keep harping. Oh, how tilting is it too? If you're a Cooper Cup uh, guy and like you get or girl or gal, you see a giant goose egg. He's got a big old. Big old goose bagel. egg after uh, after like. It's not even like matchup. an everything bagel. It's like a whole grain bagel. Multi-grain. Whole grain bagel, baby. The worst Don't bagels are it. those, like, blueberry bagels. The worst the ones. Bagels. C- cinnamon raisin. Oh. Like, oh, I don't no. mind a cinnamon raisin uh, bagel. It's better ah. than a blueberry bagel. Or a strawberry bagel. Gross. I like an everything bagel or an onion bagel. The, the, the everything bagel the, the, is, the, is the truth. That's it. But the more the bagel can make your breath stink, the more interesting it is. Anyway... There's nothing interesting about the Pittsburgh Steelers other than Deontay Johnson as a as as a potential deep threat. James Washington caught six for ninety in a touch. But like whatever, I don't Stop. care. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Don't chase anything in this offense. This is offense sucks. James Conner expected back next week too. And oh hey, Vance McDonald is still I, I'm Nick Vanette's Like Vance McDonald scored last week, and people were like, "Oh, it's happening." It ain't gonna happen. No, He's gonna sharing happen. snaps with with Nick Vanette. It's not gonna happen. Ram side of things, Malcolm Brown did come back in this one, and we did see how that distribution of touches looked, at least for this game against a pretty good run defense. Todd Gurley twelve, Malcolm Brown five, Daryl Henderson four. I found that particularly interesting because. Sean McVay is not going to not use Malcolm Brown. And that has been like, we keep wanting Malcolm Brown to not be a thing, but if he is healthy, he is going to be a thing. I think that's fair. I, I was um, not totally expecting that. So I think that's you're, you're but you're right though. And Gerald Everett is going to continue to be a thing, especially as Jared Goff struggles and, and this O-line struggles and he needs to get the ball out faster. Yeah. They made some changes personnel wise on their offensive line heading into this game. And it looks like those changes didn't work out. 
Miami and Indianapolis. This was the game that was supposed to be such a stinker, but I mean, of these was at least the most um, suspenseful, if you will. Like, I didn't, I didn't. Uh, okay. I mean, this is pretty of good. Of the finish. three pretty, afternoon pretty games. Pretty good finishes in Carolina with the Carolina. Oh, yeah. And we didn't talk Packers about that one, did we? And then the, it's the not Rams, on the, It's Steelers. not on the dock. What do you want yeah, from just, me? I mean, I'm just saying, like, those games came down to the end. I don't know that I was too. Oh, you were excited by the Steelers game? I mean, I guess you don't no. have any, like, personal I'd mean I'd I, I'd rather you the hit Miami me with that Dolphins are winning crystal though. bottle water thing you they got can't there than, see than this. well who cares the point is I'd rather you hit me in the head with that than maybe watch the Steelers offense anymore. Okay, well, so I'm wasn't invested in it at all, but I'm just saying oh, this this was actually Miami had control of this game for quite some time. I was surprised Brian Hoyer struggled so much. I can't believe I'm saying those words. Yeah. Really bad, too. Three picks, 46% completion rate, 38.8 quarterback rating against one of the worst defenses in the NFL. Hey, Liz, you know, I got to commend you, though. Oh, no. You're a professional. Oh, no. You give me a lot of good feedback on on my work and the work that we can do together. And I thought it was really great of you to uh, make sure that we talked about the Kalen Balazs situation because he got 20 carries in this game. And that is opportunity, baby. And we know that opportunity drives fantasy you football. You are such a <laughs> <laughs> Wow. I only put ad- advocate to have questions on the show answered that are being asked. I am actually for the people. And I, I'm sorry. Also, I should note, too, he did have four catches on four targets. Um, those went for two yards. You done? Caleb Veloz should be done, man. That guy's the worst. Listen, I mean, I'm in I'm in one really deep league where I started Miles Gaskin. That was a thing that I had to do, a decision I had to make this week. Didn't work out, but you know what? He didn't have any carries. No, he had he had one catch for zero yards. Hey, he caught a hundred percent of his targets. So if you're asking yourself, is Caleb Veloz going to be the starter? Or would the guy who was demoted while the other guy, Mark Walton, is suspended, maybe also take a backseat to some of the other options on the roster? The answer is emphatically no. He will still be out there. He will be out there. Fumbling and doing a whole of like averaging two yards per carry. Hey. You know, while we're while getting on me, how about this? <laughs> I'm judging <laughs> on you. I'm, I, it's Kalen Balazs is the target of my ire here. Zach Pascal caught two balls for 26 yards. So bold prediction, baby. Should Matt we hold Harmon, hands and take wide, a victory lap wide, on that one? Wide receiver one on the week was what my prediction was for uh, Zach Pascal. So look, you got your Second content. Second team folks. targets, though. Second not, in team targets. Not good enough. Um, Eric Ebron, 12 targets. Why? No one asked for that. Literally no one. Jack Doyle's been kind of coming along, though. I mean, scoring back to back weeks and 40 yards, too. 44 yards. That's not hateful at the tight end position. He has been on the field for more snaps than Ebron. Also worth noting on the Dolphins side, let's really break this game down bit by bit. 10 <laughs> targets for Devontae Parker, who really did get that opportunity bump in the absence of one Preston Williams. Mike Isecki, though. He was second in team targets with six looks, but... Silver linings. I still think you got to throw him out there based on a matchup because of the volatility at the position. He was 11 bucks in DFS. He lost a fumble, too. That was yeah. like... That's the worst. That, but that's like... You know it's not going to be a good day when, like, you open up your little daily fantasy app and you look and it's like, oh, I've already got a sweet negative 1.7 sitting there just staring at me in the face. The game Matt was most excited about, which he reminded me of in front of all of you fine people, this uh, Carolina at Green Bay game, just riveting. We watched to the bitter end. Um, <laughs> Kyle Allen is a, is the quarterback now with Cam Newton not there. Here's what I found interesting. Going into this game, James Bradbury didn't play. Yeah. Um and we talked about on FFL how the Green Bay secondary was banged up. A lot of people were less than 100%. Kevin King, Jerry Alexander, Adrian Amos. Uh, I'll say Kevin King looked pretty healthy to me. Uh, Alexander looked all right as well. And uh, Amos had a, had a couple of good plays too. So I don't think they were that hurt. Or at least they played through it exceptionally well. Worth noting, too, this game was... Um, in the snow? Laden in snow, yes. I mean, so. laden, fool. You have never been to the Midwest. That's not laden. That's just like a light 
flurry. I saw a lot of it on my screen, all right? I think the conditions affected the play of the game. You know, late players slipping around, a little slip and slide situation on the field, you know what I mean? I I, I understand what you're saying, but I mean, uh, I watched Kevin King break up a few passes, uh, and that was not because Kyle Allen is throwing darts and dimes. (laughs) Throwing heaters out there. (laughs) Um, Do you make, do you put anything? Your DJ Moore pick was good. Congrats. Thanks. Yeah, DJ Moore, 11 targets. Um, Curtis Samuel. uh, He said he had the ceiling, found the end zone. Had the touchdown. Greg Olson, by the way, two things about Greg Olson. Ten targets, eight catches, 98 yards. That's great. He was money at the end of the game as they were trying to win that thing. But like Three straight drives. If you watch closely, I don't think Greg Olson likes playing with Kyle Allen. Okay. And that, like, if you just watch some of Olson's like, faces when he misses him, he looks like he'd much rather be up in the booth than playing with this guy. He did that on his bye week. Yep. I'm just saying, I think that if... Carolina does, in fact, move on from Cam Newton. I think Greg Olson throws up the deuces to this team. Oh, of course. I yeah. think he's done. This is going to be I it. I don't know if he, if Cam comes back, I could see Olsen giving it one more run because he knows he's good in the booth and, like, he has that gig whenever he wants. And, like, if ESPN wants to truck it out with Booger one more time, then, like, he could just have that job in 2020. One. So, like, yeah. I think 2020? Uh, one. One. I had to remember what year it was. Uh, 2021. You know, so then whatever. Aaron Jones has done three damn touchdowns. Like, I don't want to hear anybody talk about whether or not Jamal Williams can take this job away. Though Williams did have the same number of carries because Matt LaFleur likes to uh, spread the wealth in this backfield. This is what he does. These guys are both good. Like, that's the the problem. But we know Aaron Jones is the RB1. Yeah, yeah. There's no question about that. And Jones is, like, Williams isn't really hurting Jones's fantasy value too much because uh, Jones keeps scoring all the damn touchdowns. And we also said on FFL, outside of Devontae Adams, good luck deciding which one of these receivers is going to pop. They are all going to cannibalize each other. That remained true. Adams had 10 looks, caught seven of those for over 100 yards. Jimmy Graham, 48 yard, a long catch today. Hell oh, yeah. What year is this, is baby? Back. No, he's not. Definitely not. We will be back on Friday. Transition. Follow us on Twitter at Yahoo Fantasy. I'm at Liz Loza underscore FF. That is at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. And we are out. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.